G'day guys and welcome back to the Venture Beyond podcast. This is episode three where we build on the last two episodes of us talking about how we've started minimum viable products in WP Native Apps and SiteWatcher and we give you actual practical advice and examples of how to launch your own MVP. We know you're going to love it. In our last podcast, we spoke about MVPs, how to define them, how to make the definition really fit your business and your strategy for launch. In this podcast, it's just two weeks later, and it's so cool to be able to kind of speak step by step and, and really apply what we're talking about as we go. Um, but we we took we took the audience through Sitewatcher last last time, um, and since then we've we've been pushing forward with Sitewatcher, and we launched it as we spoke about last time in an MVP approach, just thinking about how we can get it in front of people as quickly as possible. The baseline concept we had understood, and now it's like, how do we get it out to people? Uh, so I wrote a Reddit post, which is a um, channel that we've identified together as a uh, great place to start the conversation because it's still really, uh, the algorithm still allows you to get lots of organic traction. Um, the audience is a bit more techie. It's, you know, maybe not perfect for Sidewatcher, but great place to open a conversation because you've got, if you don't know Reddit, it's practically a forum with, with sub forums, uh, per category. So I wrote up a Reddit post about Sidewatcher, um, which I posted into the subreddit called Entrepreneur. And since then I've got 42,000 views on it. Uh, I got a hundred upvotes. I got 80 comments, heaps of really detailed feedback you know, a great gauge of, you know, does this feel like the right kind of business? And the way that I positioned it and, and what I think the plan is to go through today is about how we launched it as an MVP. Because you've got to think we're talking to an entre- a subreddit called Entrepreneurs, people like us, like hopefully the person, the people listening to this podcast who want to know how to launch a business. Um, so the title of the um, post was The Quickest Side Hustle Launch. I took the, the, the readers through like just really quick and rough and not, not elegantly, just, just direct. Um, Spoke like a human. I mean, that's, yeah. 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 Not mark. You can't on Reddit. It just can't be salesy. It can't feel like someone's marketing to you. You know, a lot of the subreddits have rules, which are no self-promotion. So it has to really generate some kind of value for the, the target audience, which is a great way to test your, your persona, your ideal persona. Yeah. And the vernacular that you use to tell your story, because the thing is, is while there is no self-promotion, telling your story promotes what you're what you're doing. It, it's it's a, a roundabout way of going going to get to that to that goal of getting people to your site and getting leads and all of that kind of thing. But just quickly before you get into the actual formulation of the post, this exactly speaks to the venture beyond approach that we're taking. You know, in in that we're actively going to people to speak to the ideal customer or at least to an audience that we think is close to the ideal customer such that we can learn what we learn and something i was saying before when we were just kind of talking about the notes of this podcast was there's a lesson i've learned over the years is that not everybody is your customer fundamentally not everybody can be your customer and one of the things you used on reddit was the poll to ask people whether they thought it was a good or a bad idea and uh, the thing that I loved was that it fell out at 50-50, basically 50-50, 65-55, well, 45, whatever. And it goes to show that that's the case. I mean, the ones that were on that subreddit saying that it's a good business 
case for small business owners and those that aren't techie were like, great idea. And then the tech, the tech people were like, I could write this in two hours. And fundamentally you could, but you couldn't build it into a product with, with customers that has good customer support and all those kind of things in two hours. So it's just, it's really interesting to see that play out. And just remember that not everybody is your customer. Yeah. And I think this, I'm kind of like building an understanding of what the, the, the title of this podcast is or what we're actually trying to achieve. And it feels like what it is, is how we launched and tested our MVP concept or our, our side hustle or our vet new venture in literally six hours because that's what we did. Um, so I'm going to share my screen uh, on the podcast for everyone following along and just show you the post, first of all. So it's called The Quickest Side Hustle Launch. I just introduced the concept of Sidewatcher, which hopefully you know now, but the idea is that it's a really basic website monitoring system that you can install in your site. It's super cheap and it will let you know when it goes down. You want to be the first to know when your website goes down. So the steps that we took, eight hours of work, sorry, not six, but eight hours of work and cost us $659 AUD. And we're going to take you through each of those steps. But what's really cool is I just want to show you the insights from this post and the engagement that we got. You know, a simple post on Reddit got us 41,300 views, 64 shares. So that this post was shared between people 64 times. And we got a lot of comments with a lot of really good feedback guidance potentially our first customers i was heavily engaged in this it was kind of like a full-time job for a day just interacting with it with everybody stimulating the conversation and just getting a lot of great feedback but this is feedback that imagine if you had it gone i think this was one of the really good points we got from from our last podcast imagine if we had spent three weeks building this right or even a, a month of two months or six months and this is what we got we'd be pissed no customers. There was no customers, right? But because we've only put six hours in, it feels like amazing. It's like, okay, this business has direction. It's on the right path. The wheels are moving. We're ecstatic by having learned something, having had people actually use the thing that we created. Okay, it hasn't made any money yet, but it will. Now that we know what we need to know to get it to that next phase, it actually feels amazing. As well as the inter engagement on, on, uh, on Reddit, all of the traffic came, well, all the people who clicked on the link came to Sitewatcher. It had a, a, a lot of traffic. I'm not sure the exact numbers, but a lot of clicks and a lot of traffic. We have this form on the website where you can test whether your website's up or down. And from this form, we generated, I think it's 191 leads, which is insane for what was a, a 10 minute write up and eight hours of development work. Yeah. Look, I, one thing I just want to say, thanks quickly is because it just hit me. I, I don't want to overstate how quickly you know it's not about speed it's just about thinking smart about how you're going to launch because I, what i don't like necessarily saying is it was just six hours and being like oh well it's easy because of that this is not easy at the end of the day we're still we still agonize over what we're going to do we still implement it correctly we're lucky that we've done the last 10 years we technically are very savvy and sound i mean we've we've studied it we've implemented heaps of sites and all of that kind of thing so I guess for your, for your sake as the viewer, don't feel bad if you can't do it in six hours. Understand that what we're trying to say is we could have gotten caught doing a hundred hours of things that didn't matter. Instead, we did six hours of things that really didn't matter. Yeah, well, look, it might be six hours for us, but it might be two weeks for someone or four weeks for someone who doesn't, who doesn't have the experience that we do. Exactly, yeah. But all that matters is what's more important, like you stated, is the fact that we defined 
how we wanted to launch um, and we made it genuinely an MVP, genuinely the bare bones of what we needed to get in front of people. And then this is the result. So it's not about the speed of development. We really should get into actually what we did um, and showing the, not only showing Reddit, but also some of the individual pieces. I think you wanted to go through the brand. Yep. I'll go through each of the steps that I wrote out in this, in this post. Um, so the first one was paying a freelancer. Um, so we, we wanted to, we came up with the concept of no bull website monitoring. So it's just really simple website mon monitoring. And we felt like alongside the simple branding it needed to have some kind of, or simple messaging, sorry, needed to have a, a, sim a simplistic branding, something that just like leads the untrained person to understanding what the product is. Um, so we, we kind of came up with the idea of like animations, um, no bull. So we went for a bull and a matador. Um, and that was kind of the branding that we decided on, um, doing that in-house, like animation takes a lot of time cost. It's costly. So we went to freelancer, created a, um, created a post on freelancer project. Sorry. Let me just pull that up. Just while that, just while James is pulling that up, um, I, uh, I think the point here is, is that we identified that we didn't have the bandwidth in the agency or the skill set between the two of us to go and do the animation. What we did have the bandwidth for was all the tech. So we outsourced this piece because that was a smart thing to do. We did it cost effectively, even though we could have done it in our agency, essentially for free, still paying those hours anyway in the agency. But this made a lot of sense based on assessing what we had at hand and saying that this was essential to our MVP because this is essential to the MVP to get the message across effectively and differentiate ourselves. Yeah, exactly. And, and for some entrepreneurs, you know, they might have skills in certain parts, like copywriting is like something that I imagine an entrepreneur that doesn't have tech skills is it should be taking on themselves or, um, you know, even the website development, like you can learn that it's, it's a pretty basic skill if you do tutorials. So it's about for the entrepreneur, for the person who's starting the business, identifying the things that they feel like they can do, and then identifying the things that they just know they can't, that is going to be super costly, whether it be in time or, or money, um, and outsourcing that to the right person. Not to labor on it, but you know what I'm sick to death of? And thank God we don't have much anymore, is people that have come through our agency expecting that they can pay for everything to be done. 100%. I'm sorry, but you're not an entrepreneur. You're not a business owner unless you understand that you've got to grab it by the you know what, and drive the project. If you're paying for if you're paying for services, you're paying for the intellectual property that that person is going to create for you. But you need to drive that that project. It's your business. Yeah, exactly. I'm dealing with that right now yeah. with a, with a client, and I'm like, I can't do everything for you. Like this is your business. At the end of the day, I'm going to create a great website. I'm going to give you all the advice I can. But if you're not going to take it and, and make it yours and, and win, you're not going to win. Like, I mean, you can't go to an agency, expect someone to do that for you. Exactly. Otherwise, they'll just go do it themselves like we're doing. <laughs> like, and that's, that's where we find ourselves. But I'm on Freelancer now and I'm just showing the project brief that we put together. It's really simple, stating what we needed, uploaded some examples. I think I just went to the internet, ripped together a few examples from Google. These were some of the examples I put together here. And yeah, with that was just able to to go and get this these um these assets animated. So 
the output from the anima- from the animator were these uh, bulls and matadors that we then went and added to the website. And obviously we knew how that worked. We were able to put them in the right positions and make the form work. But that's a really quick and, and easy step, which took about half an hour to brief and $600 to, to pay for. Yeah. The next thing um, is uh, creating a logo. So to create this logo, I'm no amazing brand designer at all. I am a, a designer, to be fair, design new, uh, websites. But uh, brand design can cost a lot. But for a new business, it does. I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but it pretty much, your logo pretty much doesn't matter. It needs to be clean. It needs to look the part, but it's not going to drive anything more than it just needs to tick a box to begin with. That's my genuine belief. Do you agree? I agree, yeah. It just needs to be the most appropriate representation of the company right now. And oftentimes as a startup, it's... It's practical. It's really just a practical decision. It needs to look presentable, and that's what you've done here. And it, it don't agonize on a logo, guys. So many times. Revision after revision is wasting your time. Perfectionism is actually getting in the way of your growth. For the Sidewatcher logo, um, I had a few different iterations, which you're probably seeing here. Um, but I ended up uh, settling on... This one, which is literally just a circle um, with an icon I downloaded from Flat Icon. So I just came in here, typed in Heartbeat. I believe it was this one here. Yep. Downloaded as an SVG. Came over here to Sketch. So I'm working in Sketch. Just going to make an empty artboard. Throw a circle in here. Make the circle a gradient. Going to throw in the SVG. I made some very small modifications, but it's not, it actually wasn't this exact one, but more or less the same thing. So logo done in about 30 minutes. Next piece was building the website. Um, so yeah, to build the website and do that well, I think it's uh, about doing some research to begin with, trying to figure out uh, what pages you actually need, depending on your industry, um, and trying to keep it as baseline as possible. You need a com- communication message, very clear communication message, pricing and a way to check out that's pretty much the long and the short of it if it's a SaaS product yeah don't forget though the first step we took which was looking at all the competitors that we wanted to attack and find our niche we didn't replicate their sites at all we just said these are the things we think we're doing they're doing poorly if they're targeting the same ideal customer as us yeah how can we take what they've done there and do it better and do it more simplistic yeah and I think something that I I like about this website that we built is Outside of the form, which is, you know, like pretty nicely designed and a little bit complex, the rest of it's really simple. Good copy with screenshots. Like this is just four screenshots we pulled together, put them into a little collage and slapped it on the page. Like this, the design of this page, the homepage in particular, is mostly just a a stream of consciousness with like some images thrown in. Yep. And at the end of the day, that's all you really need to launch. Choose a nice font. Choose Poppins. Like, just choose Poppins. <laughs> Seriously, it's like the most basic, like, good-looking font that you need for any business launch. The logo is Poppins. The whole website is Poppins. <laughs> it's really, like, that simple. Um, and that's how we differentiate ourselves. <laughs> it is Poppins. Yeah. And you're off. Um, yeah. And that's really, I mean, yeah, we did a little bit more complex stuff, making it look a bit nice with some more graphics. If you don't have the skills to do that, again, a freelancer will do that for 30 bucks, you know? Yeah. So I want to quickly take over and 
give you the high level view of the tech stack. Uh, for those that are not in technology and not programmers, not computer scientists, I'll keep it high level. For those that are computer scientists, please DM me if you have questions about anything in particular that you want some you want some further tech guidance on. What I think is important is the the tools that we use to, to quickly deploy uh, and reliably deploy. I think reliability is really important. Um, reliability and, and performance. Because uh, a lot of early stage software startups will not use some of these tools um, and potentially find themselves in trouble. The first thing we did was Cloudflare. Cloudflare is a content delivery network, but it also has a beautifully um, tight integration with, with tools like WordPress, which make all of the caching functionality and all of the performance and speed of your site just incredibly easy to maintain and manage. So get Cloudflare off the back of your domain name, connect the domain name to Cloudflare. Just quickly show you what that looks like. So we'll go into SiteWatcher here and in SiteWatcher, it's literally a matter of connecting your DNS records. Once you do that, you'll go through the quick setup and it'll take you through like, do you want your improved security, et cetera, et cetera. When you optimize performance, you can do minification of things. Um, and in the summary, it'll tell you what, what you can expect. And then also you can do a speed test, like what was the speed before and after um, using Cloudflare. And you'll find, generally speaking, that it reduces critical load times dramatically. So Cloudflare, incredible um, tool. You can start with a free version or you can go up to pro. I wouldn't go much further than that, especially if you're in um, startup land. You probably don't need to spend more than 20 bucks a month. The next thing is Elementor Pro, the best. What you see is what you get editor, without a doubt. We've probably built 100 websites on Elementor now. Um, it's a great way to drag and drop interface really effectively. And you'll be able to deliver your website um, a lot more quickly. Um, and it also enables you then to do some of the more interesting custom functionality after. Let me just quickly show you what it looks like from a backend perspective. Uh, if you see the pages in WordPress here, you've got... Um, the most important page, which is the homepage here, and we'll edit with Elementor. Now, this is going to be a very quick overview of why this is so powerful, but the truth is, is that what you need to be doing with Elementor Pro is creating templates within Elementor, and you need to also be using the headers and footers appropriately. There's a whole set of best practices with Elementor. I recommend you go and look at their tutorial videos. But what you can see here as I scroll through the site is ultimately that there is a bunch of text elements, image elements, so on, that I can mess with. Uh, I can drop them in. I can do all this fun stuff in terms of changing the animations and how they work and how they're placed. Um, I can also fade in things as they come into view. This is not a tutorial about Elementor, but it's only to say that anything you dream up in terms of a design, you can probably do with Elementor and you can do it very effectively, very quickly. And coupled out with Cloudflare, you'll have a really performant website with very little investment. So really recommend it. Then if you look at um, some of the more interesting things from a development point of view, we've got the SiteWatcher AWS account. In AWS, we've got access to cloud computing tools like Amazon Simple Email Service, Amazon Elastic Beanstalk, EC2, S3, and so on. Cloud-based functionality or cloud-based services, I should say, are a almost absolute must-have for a scalable business. You need to know what these things do in order for you to be effective at a SaaS product or at building a SaaS product 
And essentially, if I break it down in, into, into its bare bones, what we're doing with AWS is we're taking the intellectual property from Amazon that basically runs the whole internet. Some of the things like EC2, S3, they're tools that are used by Netflix and some of the big brands around the world to actually host their websites and deliver the content. So what you're able to do is buy these tools on a pay-as-you-go service that allows you to basically use the same technology, the te same tech stack that some of these big Silicon Valley companies use. So it's really worth understanding what AWS does um, and figuring out what set of their services you need most. So then what we use to develop the site or the service, I should say, is VS Code. For all the developers out there, you probably will know VS Code. And um, it's a really effective um, IDE that allows you to basically build JavaScript code very, very effectively, or very, very quickly, I should say, with a really nicely, tightly designed IDE. What you're looking at here is some Node.js code, and this Node.js does the background service that connects to a MongoDB, which is a document database. So you can see here, this is my document database with my accounts, my keys, my sites, and my tests. And what James was saying was, is that we had a lot of sites come through from all of the work that he did on Reddit. You can see here, 118 sites were created. And this is our document database just that will grow out forever. And the reason we use MongoDB is because it's a highly scalable database service that is JavaScript ready. So it's just really about the right selection of the tools to make our jobs easier. So what happens here with our VS code is I can run this server, npm run dev. I can run this locally and I can start testing my code. And you can see that that's running now. And if I was to go to Postman and run a scrape or run a test rather, I can do that here. But then one of the great things about AWS and Elastic Beanstalk is if I want to put this code on the cloud and actually get it publicly available to the world, all I have to do is type eb deploy. I'm not going to actually deploy this because it's the same archive as the one we had before. But what that script would do is then create a copy of the code, push it up to the internet, and then make it available to my uh, customers instantly. And then super scalable as well. So I didn't really know about Elastic Beanstalk and how effective it could be in helping us build rapidly, continuously deploy new versions of the application. But once I found it, it cut down launch time from hours to minutes. And I, I would really suggest having a look at it. Did I miss anything in the tech stack? There is one more point on here that we actually, actually, yeah, I guess we could consider it a tech, tech stack, which is um, Stripe payment links. So yeah, we use Stripe payment links uh, to handle the subscriptions. Why is because it's, it's a hack to really quickly be able to accept payments. You can create a payment link, which gives you like a, a portal. You can even do a trial. So we've done a 14 day free trial. And yeah, it takes like, well, it took like an hour to set up in total. Yeah, exactly. Last podcast it was, we were saying like, if we get in the next couple of months, 10 new subscribers and we have to manually reconcile whether their subscription is still valid or not, who cares? It only took us an hour to put together a beautiful look, looking checkout. And actually that's what we've used for WP native apps. And we've already taken payment there and, and it hasn't been a problem. It's literally the customer gets a link in an email, they click it. They put the credit card in, done. Yeah. And we get paid the next day. I think those are all the steps that I went through. Just in quickly in sum, some of the things that, that stood out to me is remember that not everybody is your customer. 
Um, you know, you want to you want to define your message around the customer, which is clearly not one hundred percent of the market of any market. Uh, understand how to deliver the message really effectively. Think about how you're going to communicate the, the core value proposition and just do that, do that and nothing else. And if you do need the things on the periphery, find a simple way to deliver it. And then do some manual processes in, in the background to, to make the rest of it look seamless. Because you'll fool the customer that it looks seamless if you do those little bits and pieces of manual work after. And outside of that, understand that while it only took us six hours to launch, it might take you more. But what we really want you to focus on or what has been the biggest insight for us is focusing on the things that matter, not the things that maybe would feel good or maybe people would like. Maybe this makes it more valuable. Prove it has value first before you try to make it more valuable. So I think, uh, I hope this has been really valuable to you in creating, in understanding how to create an MVP. Um, We've spent a lot of time doing this and these these are our best insights. And with that being said, we'll see you in the next one.